The Guardian. Welcome to Science Weekly. As the pandemic continues to unfold, there have been so many questions about COVID-19 and its impact around the globe, some of which we'll be exploring here. Today we're asking, what has the BCG vaccine got to do with COVID-19? Many of you may have seen recent reports linking the tuberculosis vaccine, otherwise known as BCG, to lower rates of mortality from COVID-19. So why would a 100-year-old vaccine have any effect on a new disease? There is no evidence at all at the moment that BCG protects against coronavirus infection. I'm Sarah Bosley, and this is Science Weekly. Hello, Helen. How are you? How are you doing? Are you able to do any work at the moment? Hi, Sarah. Yes, actually, I'm busier than ever, as I suspect many people are, trying to coordinate um, the clinical research activity that's happening in Oxford. And, And does that mean going into the labs or can a lot of stuff be done from home? No, it means I'm doing almost all of this from home. I do go in occasionally. I still That's Helen McShane, Professor of Vaccinology at the University of Oxford, who researches new vaccines for tuberculosis. So, Helen, some of our listeners may have seen news stories reporting on a study which found the death rate from COVID-19 was six times lower in countries that had a programme to give children the BCG tuberculosis vaccine. So... I wonder, before we go to get into the evidence for this, perhaps you could just talk to us about why there would even be interest in the role that a 100-year-old vaccine could possibly play in fighting a new disease. And this is a vaccine, of course, that we know doesn't work all that well for tuberculosis itself, which is why we don't actually use it very much anymore in the UK, except in particularly at-risk areas of the country. The reason why people are interested in whether BCG might protect against coronavirus is there has been a long-standing scientific interest in what we call the non-specific effects of BCG. By non-specific, we mean protection from diseases other than mycobacterium tuberculosis and related mycobacteria. The very best evidence we have for a non-specific effect for BCG is that it works very well when given locally into the bladder in very large doses to treat early stage bladder cancer. However, I think it's really important to remember that giving very large doses of BCG repeatedly into the bladder where it has a local effect is very different from saying that injecting BCG into the arm might protect against other respiratory pathogens, such as coronavirus. There's been a large body of evidence over the last 20 years, particularly from West Africa and particularly from one research group based in Denmark, looking at whether BCG might protect against what we call all-cause mortality, particularly neonatal sepsis and neonatal respiratory infections. And what they've shown in these studies is a reduced rate of infant mortality and infant sepsis 
in infants receiving BCG compared with infants that don't receive BCG. The big problem with this work is it is retrospective and observational, and it is subject, therefore, to many scientific biases. There may be many other reasons why those babies did not receive BCG that make them more susceptible to sepsis, or indeed to death, that are nothing to do with BCG itself. And the problem with these kind of studies is they're not controlled in a rigorous scientific way that enables us to be confident of the data. So this has left open the question really whether there really is an effect or not. And if there is an effect, critically, how long does it last and how strong is it? Right. So there have been several studies, as well as the the one we mentioned earlier, that have looked at the possible correlation between the BCG vaccine and reduced mortality rates in COVID-19. But how good is the evidence that these studies are looking at? There have been three studies published. They're preprints, so they've not been peer-reviewed rigorously by scientific experts in the field, looking at the incidence of COVID-19 infection in populations that either use BCG vaccination or don't. And there seems to be a trend or a signal that in populations where BCG is used, there has been a lower rate of COVID-19 infection. Now, again, the problem with these studies is they are retrospective, they have no control group, and they are subject to many, many confounders. Some examples of confounding factors would be wealth, um, general healthcare infrastructure, down to individual factors such as birth weight. We know that in the countries in West Africa where, where these studies have been conducted, particularly low birth weight infants don't receive BCG. Well, that may predispose them to increased risks of sepsis, increased risk of neonatal mortality as well. And that's nothing to do with the fact they didn't have BCG. It's the underlying fact that they had a low birth weight. I think it's really important that people understand there is no evidence at all at the moment that BCG protects against coronavirus infection. There are two studies ongoing at the moment in healthcare workers, one in Australia and one in the Netherlands. And these studies are randomised studies where healthcare workers are randomised to receive BCG or not, and then will be followed up for the incidence of COVID-19 related infections. So that's very clear that at the moment there's no evidence at all to use the BCG vaccine in the in prevention or uh, any other way for against COVID-19. But presumably it is still worth looking at whether there might be some usefulness, however. Do we know anything about the biological mechanisms underlying the BCG vaccine that might cause the sort of non-specific effects you were talking about earlier? That's a really good question. So the simple answer is we don't know exactly how this effect might work if it is real, and and we don't really know whether it's real or not yet. But there are a number of potential mechanisms that have been suggested. So the first is a concept of what we call trained immunity. 
Now, traditional teaching has been that the innate immune response, which is the very early immune response after your body is first exposed to an infection, does not have what we call immunological memory, but just acts in a very non-specific way. But there is now some evidence from studies with BCG showing that BCG actually induces what we call epigenetic changes in some of the white blood cells, and that those changes make those white blood cells better able to see unrelated infections. Now, that work has been shown in a test tube and in the laboratory, and it's been shown to last for at least three months. But certainly when those studies were done 12 months after BCG vaccination, the effect had worn off. So I think one of the important questions, if this effect is real, is how long does it last? Another way in which this may work is when you induce any kind of immune response, you get the release of cytokines, chemicals in the blood that help fight infection. It may be that those chemicals help fight off other pathogens as well as the specific ones that the vaccine was designed to target. TB kills around 1.5 million people every year. So there's a clear need for the vaccine, at least until we get a a better one. Is there any concern that repurposing it for COVID-19 could disrupt or endanger the supply for countries that have a BCG vaccine programme? That's a really good question, and I'm really pleased you've asked me. TB is the largest cause of death from a single infectious agent. Although we know that BCG confers highly variable protection against lung disease, particularly in adulthood, we do know that BCG, when given at birth, as it is throughout most of the world, confers consistent and reliable protection against what we call disseminated TB. So TB that is spread outside of the lungs, particularly TB meningitis, in that infant, neonatal and child period. It's absolutely critical that we do not divert supplies of BCG urgently needed for the many areas of the world where TB is a very endemic problem because of this suggestion, which is not supported by data, that BCG may protect against COVID-19 infection. COVID-19 infection, devastating though it is, has currently killed just over 200,000 people globally. TB kills 1.5 million people every single year. Thank you very much, Helen. It's great to speak to you. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks again to Helen. We want to keep hearing your questions on the science behind the outbreak. You can get in touch by filling in the form found at theguardian.com forward slash COVID-19 questions, all one word. You can also help us to provide the quality information needed in times like these by supporting The Guardian. Just go to www.theguardian.com slash support podcasts. If you want to read, watch or listen to more coverage on the COVID-19 outbreak, make sure to head over to theguardian.com and especially listen to our sister podcast, Today in Focus. 
Thanks for listening. Stay inside where you can and see you back here soon. For more great podcasts from The Guardian, just go to theguardian.com slash podcasts.